Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hudsinger at Thunder Chats. We're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. FIBA is underway. We are in action. It officially kicked off. No more friendlies. The matches count. We're going to talk about that all today. But first, I have somebody joining me today. So joining us today from the state of Virginia he is a resident of New York. He is a graduate of UVA. He is the king of NBA Twitter, and he is blazing new trails as an NBA YouTuber. He has been called many things, such as Cone, Hollywood, a skinny Luca, Wone, and most admirably, the Underscone. Bleacher Report pays his rent. He is the best hooper in all of Thunder fandom, and it's been said his account was inspired by one at Thunder Chats. He's supposed to tell you he's the host of the Top of Thunder podcast, but he's probably forgot. So, ladies and gentlemen, he is still yet to visit Raising Canes on Times Square. Connor, last name redacted. I, I get an intro for that. Hell yeah, I'll take it. I'll, uh, I'll start taking intros for every single time I'm on the pod. Yeah, no, that's 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 one time thing. That's one time thing. I, you know, I, Damn, I gotta okay. I, I gotta give the love to you know, to my co-host. I got one prepared for Alex as well later in the show, but you know, okay. There you go. You got a taste of it. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to good to be back on y'all. I, I don't remember how long I've been gone. I don't know if it's been that long, but um, back, you know, been busy traveling, stuff like that. We've got some actual hoops we can talk about now, like Dylan was saying, which makes things very exciting. Uh, hoops was fun today. It's nice to have like, you know, I woke up in the morning and there was basketball on, which was sick. Like I just wake up and get mm-hmm. to watch hoops. So Taking advantage of that, uh, tomorrow morning, the Team USA games, I think, at like 8.50 a.m. or something like that, East Coast time, which sucks. We'll see if I actually get up for that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be up for the Team Canada games at the very least because yeah, for, the, for this summer, I'm Canadian slash Australian. And if Team USA had any of our guys, I would be American. But instead, I'm rooting firmly against our nation in favor of Thunder guys. So Absolutely. We're not feeling very patriotic right now. Not at country. all. I'm feeling patriotic, if that's the word, for Canada and Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but hey, let's, let's get into it, man. You know, single large item action. We've had – we actually had – three games to talk about a little That's bit true. today so everybody wants to keep forgetting about davis protons including myself i forgot him many times when we were talking about fiba but i've been trying to bring him up every time so but, but let's get started first game that happened today i think it started at 4 a.m this morning australia versus finland uh, that's eastern standard time uh in which australia defeated finland 98 to 72 obviously the thunder had josh giddy and jack white and on the roster in this game. Cone, I'll go ahead and give you the layup, man. Single large item. What's your one for the game? 
Josh Giddy is the single large item for the game. Uh, he was really good in his World Cup debut. 14 points, nine boards, eight dimes, uh, shot four of 10 from the field, six of seven from the free throw line and a steal. Uh, there's never been a triple-double in the World Cup. Josh Giddy feels like he has a good chance to potentially be the first one to pull it off this year. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that was his first game. The uh, Australian coach and a lot of the media have talked about how Giddy is kind of the driving factor for Australia and however far they go this season. There's a tweet from someone that I think Woj even retweeted earlier today, posting like Giddy highlights and talking about he is like the driving force for that team, which is cool to see Giddy get that recognition. Uh, he joined mm-hmm. LeBron as the only player to record 10 points, five boards and five plus assists in his feeble World Cup debut. Joined later by somebody that we'll talk about in a little bit. But for the moment, he was the second player to ever do it, or the second only ever player to do so. Uh, Impressive stuff from Josh Giddy. He was aggressive, playmaking like he usually does. Uh, Drawing fouls, which is cool to see. I'm hoping we see more of this from Giddy. That's kind of the big thing that I've noticed with him uh, throughout this FIBA play so far. And really in this game, he's going towards contact. He's not shying away from it. He's using his strength, attacking relentlessly. And I think that's huge for him, becoming a more efficient score. Part of that is being able to get to the free throw line, get those very reliable buckets that you can go ahead and knock down there. And Shea's already really good at that. If Giddy can become good at that too, teams are just going to have the worst time playing against us. Plus you'll be hearing whistles on the other end when Dort's drawing an offensive foul, you know, Jable is taking a charge. It's fans are going to have to come to Paycom with like earplugs in because of the amount of whistles that we're going to be uh, forcing on other teams. But yeah, Giddy was, they're going to hate us if they already don't, but yeah, it was super fun to watch Giddy play out there. Um, yeah, shout out to him. He was really good. Yeah, no, I mean, echoing everything you said, man, like, I mean, he he's looked really good in, like, in all of, you know, the FIBA competition that we've seen this year, like, in the friendlies. Like, his first game was, like, really good. You know, that was kind of, like, where he's kind of showing off his whole bag. Like, we got really mm-hmm. excited for his handle there, which it hasn't looked, like, super loose since then, but it hasn't looked as, like, crisp as it was in that day. I think he crossed up a couple people. Like, he – he, he was cooking that one. I think he even knocked down three. I don't know if he's not down a three since that game, but, you know, the other areas of Giddy um, that you want to see improve are improving. Like, you know, he's he's being very aggressive going to the rim. Obviously, that floater is something that's been in his bag. Um, and uh, uh, like you were saying, like, you know, drawing, drawing fouls, like getting to the line, like, you know, th- that comes from being aggressive. And the thing that's like, you know, most impressive by Giddy's performance today, I think I saw that he went into the second quarter, zero points. I think he was 0 of 2 or 0 of 3 shooting, like very much was struggling out of the gate. So like the grand majority of this, I think he had two rebounds and no assists um, coming out of the first quarter. So the grand majority of this was done in three quarters of basketball. And if you just like watch the clips and you're seeing some of the plays he's making, I think it was Clemente Almanza that tweeted it out and said that, like, Giddy, it literally took him one quarter, and he figured out this Finland defense, and he just started picking it apart. And one of the ways he was picking it apart was the guy I'm going to talk about because there's nobody else on the Thunder, uh, (laughs) Jack White, uh, who actually put in a solid performance today. He did. In 14 minutes of action, he had seven points, two rebounds, one assist. But he was two of four from the field, so about 50% shooting, and he hit his only three-point attempt. But the way that he was able to get his points, one was off a really sharp cut off of a pass by Giddy that led to a dunk. Of course, the three-point shot, like, he's he, – he, for one, like, you know, if we're looking at what he's projecting to be in OKC, he's athletic, he brings energy, he brings hustle – 
And apparently he's got a little bit of floor stretching to him. So I was very encouraged by what I saw from Jack White. Um, defensively, you know, he's he's not super great. He's not super bad. He's just kind of out there. So I think that that's an area of improvement for him. But, uh, you know, I, I liked what I saw to Jack White in the limited minutes that we got to see. What about you, Cone? Yeah, you know, don't really know what fully to expect from Jack White consistently quite yet. But like you said, I liked what I saw. If he ends up on the roster, he's not going to be doing too much. It's going to be trying to knock down outside shots, you know, making smart cuts and stuff like that, utilizing that athleticism, which is stuff we saw from him today. So I like that. You know, it's cool to see him play alongside Josh Giddy. It is a bit of a flash to what he could be on this team. Again, we don't know if he's actually going to be on the Thunder or not because mm -hmm. we've got roster cuts to make. But, you know, promising stuff here if he does end up on the team. Nothing you know, nothing too crazy, but again, we're not relying on him to be a, an integral piece to this roster going forward, even if he does end up making the team. It's just a potential pickup if we go with him. So I liked what I saw. Again, smart decisions across the board. And yeah, big win for Australia. I, I think every Thunder player that played today got a dub, right? Mm -hmm. Got a yeah. got a huge dub. Huge dub. That. That's, that's right. We'll, we'll talk about a couple of those coming up soon. One in particular that um, I'm sure we won't shut up about later, I guess. Oh, yeah. Our favorite guy, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> for sure. But before we move on to the next game, let's take off our Thunder hat for a second. Uh, come, single large item for something that wasn't Thunder in this game that you take away. Um, Probably just that Australia is fun. Like, I like mm -hmm. watching that team out there. They've got kind of a fun energy to them. They've got like a mix of NBA players and non-NBA players. Like, pretty much all these teams do outside of Team USA. But I don't know. It's, it's cool to see Giddy orchestrate, of course, and, you know, see what Jack White does as well. But seeing that some of those other guys operate out there, uh, Dante Exum played pretty well. He's trying to make an NBA comeback this year mm -hmm. with the Dallas Mavericks. I liked what I saw from him out there. I think he had like 10 points or something like 10 that. Points. Yeah, 10 points. Was it four boards he had? Uh, two rebounds, four assists. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, pretty good. I mean... We'll see what ends up happening if it translates to the league, but he's a guy I'm rooting for. I like when players that were considered busts or like kind of follow the league, they make that comeback and establish a spot for themselves. He was really good overseas before the Mavericks picked him up. seems like he might be carrying some of that over to the Australian team play this year. So he's one guy in particular that I noticed. And really just in general, the team is fun. I liked watching Australia play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're veterans and Joe Ingles and Patty Mills. I mean, mm. Patty Mills at 25 points today. Yeah. Um, was efficient other than three point line. He shot two of eight and Dylan, real quick. I can't. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. It also, oh, yes, I can hear you now. Huzzah. Okay. I thought I, I heard like a noise or something and all of a sudden I couldn't hear you and I was waiting for you to come back because it was just like a lag or something, but you didn't come back. Oh, yeah. It, it oh. cut out at the part where you were saying that Patty Mills was efficient outside of from the three-point line. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I said that and then Joe Ingles off the bench, I mean, 13 points, he made three three-pointers. Like 
having those veterans that can space the floor and knock down shots is just going to make life so much easier for Giddy as we get deeper in this competition. So mm-hmm. uh, very excited for that. Um, and then the other thing I just want to bring up in terms of single large item, uh, Laurie Markkinen, who made a name for himself the last time we had uh, you know FIBA competition, only had 19 points today, which, you know, is, you know, 19 points is 19 points. Like it still yeah. led the team in Finland and it was like a good outing, but one of seven from deep and, you know, he went nuclear last few of the competition. Yeah. So kind of, kind of did a good job of containing him. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was also kind of just trying to do most of the stuff by himself out there. It felt like at times. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that team. But I mean, it's a big win for Australia. Like Finland's not bad. And we talk about, you know, them and Canada, like all these teams are trying to rise up to face team USA. Who's obviously the favorite mm-hmm. They're, I mean, it's looking like good competition so far because we've gotten some really big performances from some of those teams that are close to them in terms of like the odds to win the tournament. Yeah. All right, man. Well, before we get into the next batch of games, uh, we do have somebody about to join us. So joining us today is a man residing in Lawton, Oklahoma. He is a working man that wears many hats and is a father of four. He has been covering the Thunder for almost a decade. He is an avid Boston Red Sox fan and has a surprisingly wet jump shot. You may have seen him in any of the following places on our podcast, including but not limited to the Batcave, the Batmobile, GCPD, and patrolling the streets of Gotham. Here to test out and show off his new podcasting equipment, ladies and gentlemen, from Wayne Manor, co-founder and co-host of the Top of Thunder podcast, please welcome Alex Roig the hell why, he, did, why he I... did the same thing to me he did the same thing to me <laughs> why am i being introduced like it's my first time on here listen i man. love it though i love yeah. it don't get me wrong hey as far as i'm gonna tell you listen like every other every <laughs> other guest says as far as intros go that's the greatest intro i've ever had in my in my career but but yes thank you no i think i think the greatest was the time you actually introduced me on the thunder chats uh podcast did I do good that, on that? That's you did, lost in the ether. Yeah, you did great on that, man. You did great. So, Alex, yeah. your your podcast stuff sounds incredible. You sound nice. Oh, do I really? Alex I sounds like, like a late night DJ right now. I was gonna just say, I feel like I'm listening to like a late night radio host. <laughs> <laughs> Alex yeah. is like coming Thank up you. next. Wu Tang Clan. Do I ever cross your mind by Brian McKnight? <laughs> Grab your Very girl nice. or good call vibes. her. But, you know, I had I had to, you know, I mean, there was one time in the draft cycle whenever you was like, man, I never get these intros. So ah, you know, I okay. got you in cone today. I got to get Jerry to me all them. Well, hey, he, appreciate he it. Brought it out of nowhere, man. He was like going off talking about all this different stuff. He, he went long for these intros. So uh, don't we appreciate you. Alex, is that what gonna... you is that what you were working on that yeah, got you? Yeah, OK, <laughs> oh, OK, that makes sense. important stuff, man. Important yeah, we started stuff. the podcast late for y'all that you know, don't, don't see the behind the scenes stuff. Cause Dylan's like, Oh, I'm working on something. He was just drawing up these crazy intros for it's us. Beautiful so. dog. I felt it. I felt it. it's very hard. Me too. Thank you. I just wanted you guys to feel welcomed. Okay. I feel incredibly welcome. <laughs> well, hey, Alex, we just talked about team Australia versus team Finland's game. We covered Giddy covered Jack White covered how fun Australia was their veterans. And we covered Barry Markinen's quote unquote struggle of a game. Did you have anything else to add in that? Or do you want to move on? Um, so I, I didn't watch any of these games. I, I, I being <laughs> cheap, yeah, being the, the cheap old man that I am, I, I didn't want to pay the ten bucks to uh to watch every game. It's on ESPN Plus. Uh, again, don't want to pay the okay. uh, whatever cost to watch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like so, so yes, yeah, so I didn't watch them, but I mean, of course, I, I see the stats. I see you know on, on Twitter, I see how well they did, uh, which is great. 
you know, which is great. So, you know, to give you a, to give you a, a, a rundown of the game, I, I can't do that. I could just, you know, see what, you know, how, how Giddy did. And uh, from everything that I see, everything that I hear, he did very well, which is, which is good for us heading into the season, which makes me want to fast forward to the season as quickly as possible. Yeah. It's still so far away. I it's know. So far. I hate it. It's tough, man. It's very tough. Like literally, we're. I think we're. We are two months away from our. Oh God, that feels our terrible. opener. Oh, yeah, it's still two months away. <laughs> yeah, that feels terrible. Um, I, I do want to say before we move on, you know, Alex prompted this. If you are trying to watch this and you don't know how to watch Feeble games, it is on ESPN Plus. If you have the, you know, the Disney bundle or just have ESPN. Plus, it's all on there. If you don't have ESPN Plus and you want to just pay, I think with the discount, it's like around $18 and it's for the entire FIBA competition. Course.1980.com, you can get a, I think it's called the Max Pass. And if you use the promo code, capital letters, Chets hyphen 10, you will get actually 20% off. They said 10% off, but somebody tried it and it was 20% off. So, uh, nice. You're, from your boy so there you go yeah what's uh I let's mean, talk do you oh, do you get anything from that i don't i'm just helping out my followers well, and hey, our listeners. very altruistic you of you such yeah. a such a good guy um making <laughs> making intros for my co-hosts and you know helping discounts for my I mean, followers damn there we go you, so hey you're, you're racking up all the points in heaven today there yeah. we go. I'm getting in a good place, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Uh, Latvia versus Lebanon. This was a game that was the biggest blowout of the game of the day when it comes to Thunder players, 109 to 70. And guys, there's like we don't have to sing watch item this because there's only one thing to talk about. Bertons went yeah. off 20 points, six or seven three point shooting. Just kidding. That's his brother. Sorry, I just oh, <laughs> we got the wrong Bertons, guys. We got the wrong Bertons. That's all. That's all. I'm I was saying. saying. I was like, I don't think these were his stats. Like, did, <laughs> I miss, did I miss something? Yeah. Now his brother, Deiris, Deiris, Deiris. I don't know. Bertons. It's also D Bertons. Uh, he had 20 points and hit six or seven from three. But our Bertons, Davis Bertons, the man that we so fondly called pegasus on mine and mole's old podcast stat chasers because you know it's not unicorn it's another you know mythical horse creature uh we, Davis, we, on, on this podcast we call him oh that the guy that's on the team that other guy i right, got you come forgot him earlier another <laughs> one just chalk him down come you're the nba guy what, what's up what when did i forget him well, we was talking about you. We was talking about FIBA play, and he was like, "Yeah, Giddy and Jack White and Shea and Dort," and he was all excited. I was like, "Yeah, we also had." I mean, they they won by like a hundred <laughs> points. I'm sorry, I didn't bring him up. Well, hey, he did contribute because he did ten points, three rebounds, and all of his points except for one free throw was from the three-point line. Shot three of seven, which is good for 42.9% from three. And Davis Bertans, if you're going to shoot like that, we will welcome you with open arms in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you can, you can, yeah. Ha- you can hang around. He, and he was in, like, deep threes, too. He had that one mm-hmm. where he was, like, a step within the logo. It was crazy. I said I he shot that one from OKC. That's exactly who I was going to bring up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's, he, he's trying to, you know, trying to get that home court advantage already. But, yeah, I'm – I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how Bertans plays in this. You know, uh, he came off the bench, which was kind of weird. He's like one of the veterans of Team Latvia, and they don't have a lot of NBA talent. 
Um, he's, just getting, he's just getting ready for his role in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's just, he's just slow playing it. But um, I think they do match up against Team Canada on Sunday. So mm. we will see Davis Bertans and Louis Dort and Shea Coach Alexander face off against each other. So that will be that will be fun. Um, I wonder if they're going to give him the uh, Tony Kukoc treatment. <laughs> That's what I said they was going <laughs> to do to Giddy on Twitter. I said it's going to be like Jordan Pittman versus Kukoc. Shane Dorton, Giddy. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's move on to the headliner, like the big game today. Canada versus France. Now, France has been a powerhouse in FIBA mm-hmm. competition for years, going back to Tony Parker, Nicholas Batum back in the day, and of course, Rudy Gobert. They didn't have Victor Wimbanyama, but they still have Rudy Gobert, Nicholas Batum. They still have a lot of NBA talent. Nanda Decolo, he was in the NBA as well. So, like, Evan Fournier. Like, they have a lot of NBA talent. They're still thought to be one of the powerhouses of this competition. Canada destroyed them. 65-95, to 95, Canada with the victory. Alex, you jumped on here. I let Cone have first single watch item. I talked way too long about Davis Bertines. I will give you first one, low-hanging fruit, man. Single watch item for the day. SGA's third quarter, baby. That's, that is the lowest of the fruits that is hanging currently. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, from what I saw, you know, of course, um, you know, it was a pretty close game heading into halftime mm-hmm. and, um, you know, apparently what Chase outscored France with 13 to 10 or 13 to nine. I think they had seven. Yeah. Like they had 13 four to and then seven. they go ahead of three. Yeah. Yeah. So 13 to seven. So number one, great defensive effort by Canada, because mm-hmm. for that to happen, you know, there has to be some great defense. You know, I'm pretty sure Dylan Brooks and Lou Dort probably had a hand in all of that, um, mm-hmm. as did Shea. Um, you know, I saw a couple of uh, wraparound kind of steals that he mm-hmm. did. I don't. I think one of them was in the first half, but I think he had one in the, yeah. in the third quarter also. Yeah, two um, steals. Two steals, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so, I mean, Shea erupted. In it, and that's what Team Canada needed, and that's what Team Canada has needed in this, like, kind of like preseason um, that they've had where they've kind of struggled, not necessarily seemed – to be the strong team that they were kind of advertised to be. Um, and I know Jamal Murray is out. I know they had, they've had a couple injuries, um, but Shea is still Shea. You know, Shea is still him. And Shea is – this is Shea's stage right now. You know, everybody's talking about him. Everybody, mm-hmm. national media, worldwide media, because this is a worldwide tournament, all talking about him. And to put up this performance, especially when he had kind of a, a shaky first half, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily as, as robust in the scoring department. Uh, but it was pretty good in, in other departments, you know, rebounding and assists. Uh, but to put up, you know, the, the game that he did, a near triple-double um, in his basically foray, you know, first foray into an international competition, I thought was great for him. And I thought it set him up very nicely for, you know, for what's to come and hopefully for what's to come in the season. Yeah, he became the first Canadian basketball player to put up 20 points and 10 rebounds in a FIBA game. And he became the second player ever to put up 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists in a FIBA World Cup game, the first being Andre Kirilenko. So, dude was setting records from jump, um, immediately passed Josh Giddy, joined Josh Giddy and LeBron James for the first players to put up 10, 5, and 5 in their FIBA debut. So, yeah, man, I mean, he was, he was insane. I'm like, just talking about that third quarter that you mentioned, like, he went into halftime eight points. He had two, point, or two buckets. Uh, one was a dunk, one was on the Eurostep layup. 
And you could see, like, the shot was there. It was just not falling. It felt like he was shooting on a double rim. Like, it kept yeah. rimming out. It, there were so many times it, like, swirled around the rim once and fell. It was so frustrating. It was rough, Because he was getting to his spots that he likes to get to, like that those mid-range jumpers, like, fading on the baseline. There were looks that he usually knocks down, but it just would not go down. Like you said, it, it felt like he was getting looks. They just weren't going. And then... You know, third quarter was absolutely ridiculous. I'm watching. I'm losing my mind. He's like being really aggressive, knocking down those mid-range shots. He pulled up for that mm-hmm. one three because he was just feeling it. That and was from OKC like, too. That was, yeah. It reminded me a lot of the uh, the three that he took against the Lakers, the one from the logo oh, where it just – Exactly, where he just pulled up. And like Alex said, this is what they need. They need this from Shea. He is their best player. He's probably the second best player in FIBA play entirely at this point only behind Luka Doncic he is making a name on a global stage even before Shea started hitting buckets the first time Shea caught the ball out there the crowd went crazy when Mm. Shea started dribbling or like even caught the ball like they knew who Shea was and that's crazy because again he hasn't done this on an international stage this was his first FIBA World Cup game they knew who he was he was taking over again like you know Dylan said France is one of the best teams. If you look at the World Cup odds, it's Team USA, it's Canada, and it's France. Like those are the top three teams according to the the betting odds to win the whole tournament. They destroyed France. They made them look like they'd never been out here before when Canada is supposed to be the inexperienced team that, oh, you know, they might be a bit shaky in their first like re-return to FIBA play being like a superpower at this point in the basketball world. They don't have Jamal Murray, no Andrew Wiggins either, two guys who will be big on this team probably when the Olympics come around. Shea just took over and, you know, it was the offense, it was the defense, everything that we saw from him last season, everything we're going to see more of him for this upcoming year. He's not just becoming, you know, an NBA superstar. He's becoming a global one with performances like this. And all offseason, people have been saying, Shea is overrated. He doesn't deserve this hype. He hasn't had playoff success and this and that and this other thing. There's been all this talk about how Shea is overrated. And those same people after that first half were laying into Shea. And in the Mm -hmm. second half, that third quarter just dominates France, nearly doubles them up in scoring, made them look silly out there. No one could stop him at all. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't see anything like what you were seeing in the first half out there because people should wait a little bit longer into the game before making those statements. So, yeah, like uh, like after that third quarter, um, you started having those tweets that was like SGA. That's it. That's the tweet. Yep. Like, you know, you did something good whenever you, you know, national people are putting out those tweets like that. Yeah. And it was like. Yeah, like Dylan just said, it was like Keith Smith, like not even just Thunder reporters. It's like all these different like Steve national Jones. media people were tweeting about him, talking about his highlights, yeah. just being like, wow, Shea's so good. It's super cool because, again, it's like you get – like Oklahoma City, people know how good Shea is at this point. People know. But being a smaller market, they don't get usually the love that some other teams get. But now that it's like this global stage – people are going to quickly learn like more casual fans and more national media. People are hopefully going to keep talking about Shea and the stuff that he does here. Cause I mean, this is only the beginning. Like France is really good. This is a team that's set up to stop Shea because Gobert can just sit in the paint. There's no yeah, defensive three in the keys. <laughs> he can just sit there and Shea's whole game or most of his game is driving, but this shows off why he's so good because he has that mid range counter consistently now. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a great kind of preview to maybe how the Thunder will attack when they play Minnesota, when they play somebody like Denver, is to not have Shea on the ball so much. Is to have him off ball and let Giddy, you know, kind of 
create and, and be the main ball handler in those types of games because it seemed like, you know, they were running him off curls, they were running him off screens, um, and he was catching that little bit of daylight that he needed in order to maneuver into the lane, in order to maneuver to his shot. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped him out there in the second half. Yeah, and Giddy's a better creator than anybody else on Team Canada, like mm-hmm. hands down. Um, the thing that like really stood out to me about Shea, like, obviously he was in his bag in the third quarter, like getting to the rim in transition, um, hitting those mid-range and, of course, that three. But the thing that stood out to me in this game and really just, you know, his FIBA play throughout this year is, like, his handle and his footwork is pristine. And, you know, like Cone was talking about, like, not a lot of people have got to see Shea because we haven't been on the national stage. Like, you know, he's still thought to be either overrated or underrated. Like, nobody, like, really – like has Shea properly rated like he's overrated because people think that all he does is get to a free throw line he's underrated because people just don't get to watch him and he's not going to be a household name because he does these flashy dunks he's not going to be a household name because he's a volume three-point shooter like James Harden or Steph Curry or any of those players but what he's able to do with the basketball how he's able to get to his spots how he's able to get to the lane no matter who's in front of him no matter who's at the rim like, I, I think that he could be a new prototype for, like, you know, people's favorite player. Like, he's going to become a household name. People are going to become a fan of his game because stuff like that is more replicable than, you know, just becoming, like, a god at shooting threes or being able to dunk all over somebody. Like, people are going to relate to his game because, you know, it is, you know, kind of a rep- replicable, replicable skill. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but – no, nah, man. I mean, he just makes it look so effortless. Like the the spins, the step backs, um, how he was uh, – he did a hezzy – he did like a hezzy spin over the right shoulder with the layup and he missed. Like some some of the best like moves that he made were off of misses. And like I said, you know, it was like his shot was just barely not going in. But like mm. the process is there. And, there was one yeah. – real quick, I want to bring up that one play. I can't remember who he was going up against, but he hit him with, like, an in-and-out dribble and, like, kind of spun and faked, and they, like, fell for the fake, and he, like – he hit him with, like, an up-and-under, like, on the mm-hmm. outside and kind of leaned into the jumper that rimmed out. But that move was so – like, the crowd was, like, ooing and awing at stuff like that, which was pretty much the case all day, like you were saying, with the handle, the smoothness to the game. It's unbelievable how in control he is at sometimes when he's flying, like – spinning through the lane he somehow makes like that chaos look controlled but yeah like you were saying that move in particular i i can't remember exactly who it was up against i might see if i can go find that clip real quick because now i want to know but I yeah like it was fournier wasn't it it might have been fournier i know batum was also on yeah. him quite a bit so it might have been against batum too which but... batum had to be having flashbacks <laughs> yeah for real shay hit him with that hit him with the game winner you know doing stuff like this now. Batum just doesn't want to go up against Shea. Don't put Batum on Shea. It just <laughs> He starts seeing red when Nick Batum is in front of him. Yeah, he gave him that step back that he missed, and I was like, oh, Batum's going <laughs> Batum's to gonna have a, a panic attack here in a second. But, no, nah, man, he was he was insane. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he does throughout the rest of the international play. Like, you know, it's it's downhill from here. Like, you know, France was the toughest opponent in their group. Uh, as as I said, Latvia's in their group. I, I don't remember. I think I guess Lebanon's in their group as well. Yeah. So like, theoretically, you you could sweep your group, and I, I'm looking forward to see Canada playing some more basketball. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to I just want to make a take before we move on to the next single large item. I think by the end of this FIBA competition, people aren't gonna scoff or balk at the idea that Shea and Luca 
are in the same conversation. In the same tier? Yeah. 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 We'll, I mean, I mean, we'll see. But I mean, way. you know, I, I think they're going to load manage SGA here for the next couple games. So I'm, I'm joking. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, if they get up, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were able to in the fourth quarter. It's also big if they can sweep this group and get that top spot because that would mean they play the second best team in the other group that they would have to play to move on to the quarterfinals. And Spain's probably going to be coming out of their group at the top. And that's a way tougher opponent than I don't remember the other teams in the group. They were talking about this on the broadcast about why this game mm-hmm. in particular was so important because one of these two teams will likely win the group. And I mean, if you can avoid a tougher competition before going into that quarterfinals, that's huge. And so this really, not only is it a big win for Canada because they beat France, but because they blew them out of the water. And it's, you know, one of those statement games where it's not like they got it 15 and France kind of made a bit of a comeback. No, they like, it was, how close was it at halftime? Wasn't Team Canada down by like a couple of points? I think it was four. Yeah, it was something like that. And in that third quarter, they just eviscerated them, which is also Mm -hmm. something else I want to comment on um before we move on to the um are, are we talking about dort next i guess I yeah guess we can hey you have the next thing large item so you okay. go ahead and talk yeah. about Lou's story yeah let me talk about ludor and really just more in general team canada's defense was ridiculous mm-hmm. it was hounding consistently and this is shay this is lou this is dylan brooks who was really good today like he mm-hmm. played really controlled which is great like that's the type of play i think he needs to do more of and that's what the houston rockets are looking for bringing him in there but like RJ Barrett was playing some good defense. Uh, Dwight Powell had some good moments. Kelly Olenek was a bit shaky at times. There were a couple of times where he got Dicolo left in the dust. Sent him to the yeah. battle realm. Bro. Yeah, Dicolo really cooked Kelly Olenek early on. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> but I mean, Nikhil Alexander Walker looked good out there defensively mm-hmm. too. Th- this team clamps up. And that was why France's offense was so bad in the third quarter because they just couldn't get anything going. It was literally, they were like, they were like, Evan Fournier, take this basketball and save us, please. We can't do anything. <laughs> and he tried. He like he had a really good start to the game. That first mm-hmm. half, he was ridiculous. And after that, Canada's defense just locked in. There was really nothing they could do. They couldn't score in the third quarter. Like Dev, not Devin, Dylan said, I I I was gonna say that they scored seven points, and I combined Dylan and seven into Devin. You're welcome. Uh, I got you. Yeah. But that's I think they only scored seven points. <laughs> I'm the underscone. You're Devin. Uh-huh. Alex will come with something for you in the meantime. But they only scored like seven points in that third quarter. It was ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. And Lou, of course, was a big part of that defense. The shot was not falling today. He couldn't seem to buy a bucket. Uh, do you have the number up for One of seven from three, two of five from two. Yeah, it was rough. He did have one really good finish um, off a cut, which was – really impressive mm-hmm. um and then the three knockdown was towards the end of the game when it was already kind of a blowout yeah. so it, it the offense really wasn't there for Lou today but the defense was great like he was playing phenomenal defense out there and there were more than a number of plays where a ball like a shot would go up for Canada and Lou crashed the offensive glass and even if he didn't get the rebound himself he's boxing someone out he's tapping the mm-hmm. ball away so that someone else can grab the rebound he's like consistently diving towards the rim and attacking making those hustle plays where even if the offense isn't going for him he's making an impact in some other way and so that's something I kept noticing especially in that third quarter where Canada just kept building that momentum Lou was crashing the glass he was going after loose balls he was just making sure Canada got as many possessions as possible which was huge because keeping the keeping France on the defensive end, wearing them out like that was big for, I think, why they built all that momentum going into the third quarter where, again, they just blew them out. Chaos coordinator. Three offensive exactly. rebounds for Louis Dort. 
Yeah. And it felt yeah. like all those were coming and like resulted in buckets. I feel like every single one of them resulted in either a three or like Shea would get it back and hit like a mid-range jumper. I felt like consistently France tried to, or they're like, oh, we finally got to stop. And then Lou just dove in and got an offensive board. Yeah. You want to hear a wild stat on Lou against Stewart? Mm-hmm. Second on the team in shot attempts tonight. <laughs> or today. That is wild. Yeah. Coming off the bench, Shea had, you know, 19 and then Lou Dort had 12. Uh, RJ Barrett was next highest with seven. I mean, 10, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Lou Dort was letting it fly, man. I, I mean, yeah, everything you said about his hustle on offensive rebounds and defense, like, absolutely. Um, do you guys feel like Lou Dort is going to shoot 12 times on this Thunder team this year? Nope. No. I don't think so. Some nights. I think part of the but... I think part of the reason why he got so many opportunities is because the defense is more keyed on some other guys. Like they're worried about RJ. They're worried about Olenek. Like of course they're worried about Shea. They were sending like three guys at Shea on some mm-hmm. possessions. So I think they're just a bit more worried about some of the other guys. And I'm glad Lou's taking advantage of those opportunities. Like if he's getting the looks like that on Canada, shoot them because they need offense sometimes. Like they need someone to at least shoot the ball outside of Shea. Um, but yeah, no, I think with like Giddy and Chet and all these different guys, I don't see Lou shooting that many times for us. You said he shot what seven threes in this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are many nights where Lou shooting seven threes for us this upcoming season. Yeah. That one that he made, by the way, was after like immediately after he missed one, somebody got the rebound, kicked it back out to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. Yeah. One of the, uh, he got blocked by by uh, got blocked by Batum in transition earlier. He tried to do a one hand dunk, and Batum met him at the top of the rim. And then later on, Shea got the ball with two on one with Lou against Batum, and he flipped it to Lou. And Lou went up with two hands to make sure that it yeah. went in. So, yeah, Batum was he was facing Thunder guys a lot today. There was also that play where he Shea went for a sidestep three, and Batum got a finger on it and actually kind of blocked it. Shea immediately gets the board, drives baseline, pulls up right over him, and just drills the mid range jumper. Let's see it. Take that. Yeah, shout out to Lou. The defense was great. Again, the offense is still a work in progress with Lou, but at least he's continuously making an impact on that defensive end, which, you know, is great. That's it seems like that's gonna be Team Canada's calling card throughout this tournament. It's gonna be we're gonna clamp you up. Shea's gonna go get some buckets, and you know, we'll see what happens. Yep. Absolutely, man. Uh Alex, do you have anything else you want to say before we move on to the next single large item? Uh, Lou Dort, defense good. That's about it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, hey, I just – you know, like Cone was saying, like, I just got to echo, like, obviously Lou Dort's good at defense, but, like, I don't think Shea's gotten enough credit for how good defensively he's been in like, oh, yeah. the FIBA play. Like, he's been – obviously he had two steals a day, but, like, the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, like, he was rotating, he was getting good, strong contests, like, he was – He's been physically bodying guys up, and, you know, we saw him take a step up defensively last year. And <clears throat> what's wild about Shea is, like, you know, right now he's around, like, a top 10, top 15 player, but, like, there's actual areas of improvement, even, you know, after being in the league for five years, that he can still add to his game and kind of enter into the upper echelon top five. Like, if he continues to be good at defense, he continues to work on his playmaking, which, by the way, Led the game in assists, six assists tonight, only one turnover, so protected the ball as well. And also, if he could just be reliable from the three-point line, and I think that, you know, if he does so, like Alex was saying, work more off ball, going off of curls, coming off of screens. Um, He's always been a good catch and shooter in terms of, like, percentage. So 
uh, it would be great to see him, you know, get some more catch and shoot threes and maybe a little bit less of the uh, step back variety. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Shea is going to do the rest of this tournament. Not many holes in his game at all at this point. Yeah, he's very solid. Uh, Alex, take off. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry, Alex. You you said Schaefer, so it's my turn. I'm going to take off my Thunder hat for a second. My single large item for this game is uh, I just got to shout out Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You know, this is yeah. a guy that I have been saying since he was at New Orleans that we should just bring him in, you know, give him a chance. You know, solidarity with Shea bringing in his cousin. And, uh, you know, obviously he's had a couple of different stints at Utah, and now he's kind of found a home in Minnesota. Uh, but he came out, like Cone said, played great defense. Man's got the green light, and he doesn't hesitate. Four of eight from three, hit 50% from the three-point line, 12 points on the night, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Uh, I think, you know, he's he's kind of that sixth man coming off the bench for Team Canada. Him and Dort, you know, they they function differently. Dort's more defense, Nas more like offensively. But, um, yeah, he's he's an important part to this team, and he, he's thriving. So, Yep, he's looked good out there. The shot looks good from Mm -hmm. him. And I like Minnesota picking him back up because he wasn't great at the beginning of the season, but really it felt like down the stretch, he did kind of, like you said, find that home in Minnesota. He found his stride. He's looked good in FIBA so far. I think he could have a really good year for the Timberwolves. Uh, So yeah, shout out to him. Like you said, I remember when the Steven Adams trade happened, I was like, oh, please, like, can Naw somehow be involved <laughs> in this deal? And obviously he was not, but, you know, we got Kenrich Williams anyway, so I'm happy with it. It's like, you're not even playing him. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's I remember like... I, I was driving home when that trade happened, and my brother's, like, letting me know the trade details as they come out. And I was like, if Nikhil Alexander-Walker's name in there, like, I need you to let me know, like, ASAP. And he's like, nah, it's like – Darius Miller and Kenrich Williams, you know, Thunder Legends, of course. Mm-hmm. But I was like, ah, no, no. I mean, he left his imprint on the uh, on the playing game whenever we mm-hmm. played against them. Like, you know, he's he's basically their version of Kenrich and their version of Aaron Wiggins. I would say probably more Aaron Wiggins because he's because he's younger. Uh, but he left his imprint on that game. So, you know, he, he has a future in the league and, and he's showing it on on the international stage now. Absolutely. And I just got to shout out Kelly Olenek as well. I think he's he was named the captain of Team Canada, and um, he, he was showing out today as well. 18 points, 2 of 5 from 3, 40%. Uh, hit 3 of 4 from this twos, had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. He will be – he's critical to Shea, and I think, you know, he, he kind of gives you a peek into what playing with Chet Holmgren is going to be like for for Shea. You know, another Gonzaga alum. So, uh, yeah, very excited to see the rest of international play. But – that is enough FIBA talk. We asked you guys for some Twitter questions. We're going to get into that right on the other side of this break. And we're back from the other side of that break. As we mentioned, we asked you guys on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, uh, for your questions. And uh, you guys, as you guys do, you showed up and showed out. We've got a million questions covering a lot of different areas. Uh, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, first off, Sublime, friend of the show, T-shirt designer extraordinaire, phenomenal artist, Sublime, 50 Ellis one asked, SGA asked you to help rig the MVP voting. Are you in? I'm insulted by that question. <laughs> Me too. He SGA will not need us to rig Thank anything. Thank you, Alex. Well done. He doesn't need it. Well done. That's... Bravo. That's why we get the <laughs> intros. That's what we do. Yeah, baby. <laughs> For shame, sub. What's wrong with you? All right, let's see here. At 
Medicine Clam asks, which of the following leaps would make the biggest jump in OKC ceiling for next season, regular season and playoffs? Rank them. All right, so we've got seven options here. Shea goes from All-NBA to MVP without having to rig the system. J-Dub to All-Star, Giddy to All-Star, Chet to Rookie of the Year, and second-team All-Defense. Dort Defensive Player of the Year, Case and First Team All-Rookie, and Ooze Most Improved Player. That's a lot. Man. I was expecting like two or three of those. Yeah, said uh, seven. I mean, so are we ranking them? Let's rank them. We're ranking them. I think. I mean, top like Shea MVP, right? Yeah. I don't no. know because to me, he's already that caliber of player. Mm. Like no, I, I like I think he's he's got the capability. Like if we were yeah. one of the be- top seeds this past season, Shea would have been right there in MVP conversations. I mean, he already finished top five. Like, I think to me, I think he's already kind of close and he's going to progress to that this year. Like for me, I think Giddy or J-Dub taking that all-star jump might be the top one for me. That's one A, one B. I think so too. I think those two guys getting a second all-star in this team, I think that's huge because Shea, I already think is that kind of player. All right. Well, if you're going off of expectations, I think number two should be Usman Jane, most improved player. Because if he's the most improved player, like it means something good has happened well, yeah, not just that's, not just that. I mean, if he's most improved, that means he's getting minutes. That means he's getting time on the floor, especially in crunch time. Also, mm-hmm. um, and so if if that's happening, more than likely, the Thunder starting lineup may have changed. You know, we may have progressed into, um, you know, Lou Dort, Marcus Smart territory, and and have Ooze take the four. Um, you know, it's just if that happens, great. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and plus, if Ooze is winning most improved as a second year player, which never happens, mm-hmm. he's putting up some ridiculous stats. He's going crazy out there. So Whoa. okay, so let let's. What did he average last year? Like six, five or six? Uh, I think seven, off the dome. Yeah. So, so if he his stats were he averaged uh, four point nine points per game, shot forty two percent from the field, twenty six point five percent from three, two point seven boards, one point two dimes. So I most mean, improved player there. season is probably like. 12-ish plus points per game. I would say maybe even more than that. Yeah, I'd say about 15, like, 14 to 15. Yeah, probably like that. He's shooting decently efficient from the field, maybe grabbing like five or six boards, you know, a few dimes, playing some decent defense. Like Menace that's on defensive end. Yeah, that's probably what Ooze most improved player looks like. So that's, I mean, yeah, getting another really good player like that, mm-hmm. I think is also huge for the team. And then I think obviously the next one's probably going to be Chet. See, I feel like he's on that level already. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like you said, rookie, like rookie of the year and second team all defense. I think he's mm-hmm. got the chance to make a conversation for that yeah. this season if we're a really good defense. I mean, he's literally um, not played a game yet. <laughs> that's yeah. You know, like Lou Dort Depoy, I think is also one that's kind of up there. But right, I think yeah, we'd yeah. also want the offense with Lou too. Mm-hmm. Like Depoy, I think doesn't imply that the offense is coming along so i think the other ones lou depoy means that we're a top one or two defense in the league that is oh, that's happening anyways well no, i'm just saying like <laughs> it's like like when marcus all yeah. won uh defensive player of the year mm-hmm. like you know he didn't have the necessarily the counting stats he wasn't you know like blocks or steals or anything like that but the he anchor. was the anchor of that defense that was i think number one or number two in the league so yeah, yeah. that also kind of implies that yeah like you said we're one of the top defenses which i think means like you know Chet's kind of doing his thing defensively. Shea's doing his thing defensively because we're one of the best units. So that's up there too. What what are the last ones we haven't talked about? Jason, first team all rookie. 
that's probably the last one for yeah. me. I think that's last place. Like, I mean, that's just that's just you know that's that's icing on the cake right there. Like, yeah. that happens. That's oh my gosh. I'd be very yeah. happy. That would be that like that would be super sick. But yeah. I think in terms of raising our ceiling, I think that's probably last. Yeah. So all I right. Think, like, yeah, Sorry. I think like the the Chet Lou ones. I think it's like it's probably like like Giddy and Jada becoming all stars is like the top. Mm. Like Shay MVP is a little bit below. What was the other one we talked Who's about? Who's MIP? Who's MIP is like second. I yeah. think Shay MVP and like Chet are kind of like third, like fourth, fifth ish. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like I don't know, Lou Lou Depoy, Case and Wallace, first team all rookie. Yeah, it's like if we're tearing them. <laughs> yeah, we do it. I like it. All right, uh, at Kevin Butler, OKC asked. Uh, this is a very long one, so I'm gonna read through it. As fast as I can. Not really as fast as I can because I, I got auctioneer speed. But anyways, I'm not liking what I've been seeing from Dort. This game, and he had about 20 bad games last season. Even if he takes less shots, that will put stress on the other four players even more so during the playoffs. My question is, how do we work around this if he is in a slump during playoffs slash important games? We need a great defender who is respectable on offense. In my opinion, I think we should intermittently switch him and Misich Maybe Kenny. I don't know if I want anything to be concrete yet. I'll go ahead and start and say I don't think anything's concrete at all with that yeah. like, final starting lineup spot. Yeah, I think I lose like he's going to start going into the season. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it's what, what matters more is what do the closing lineups look like? Because mm-hmm. the starting lineup, like they only have to be out there a few minutes. Like he just has to literally play the beginning of the game to be a starter. Mm-hmm. If I think what's going to be really interesting is what does the closing lineup look like? Do we need to stop? Lou's probably out there. Mm-hmm. If we like desperately need a bucket in a moment or need a couple of buckets, maybe Mitchich ends up out there. Like, you need some length. Usman Jang's out there, baby. There you go. Dylan was going to find a way. He's always going to find a way. <laughs> and I mean, hey, I mean, look, if he's not playing well, he's going to get pulled. You know, that's what mm-hmm. that's what Mark's going to do. And luckily, we have a ton of options on that bench, whether it be, you know, whether it be Kaysen, whether it be um, uh, uh, Wiggins, whether it be, you know, Trey Kenridge. Man. Huh? Trey Mann's still out there. Well, I'm just saying, like, usually you're talking about a combination of offense and defense. Yeah. Like, not just offense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so you have defensive players that are able to hit an open shot here or there other than Lou. Lou's probably the best on – point attack defender um but you can have other good to great defenders out there that can still hit a shot off the bench so we'll see yeah and and like we alluded to earlier i do think dort's shot diet has shrunk dramatically um this year i think that ideally like you know he's a corner three guy backdoor cut and transition and that's where he's getting his shots uh I, i i really don't want to see dort dribbling the basketball very much at all yeah it's nice that that we have a team that has so much versatility across the board with skill sets and like who you can have in certain lineups and i think that's a huge plus for mark i'm really curious to see how deep our rotation runs at some points in the season i think it's gonna be deeper at the beginning of the year but i wonder like at what point during the season do we shrink it a little bit like say we're getting close to the playoffs and we're in the you know the race for certain seating or we're trying to hang around like the plane or go out of the plane and make one of the top six spots you know when does the rotation shrink what lineups do we use in certain situations i I think it's really interesting and i believe mark's a really good coach so 
you know, just curious to see what kind of lineups he throws out there with so many players that have so many different skill sets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was my first one of the pod. So for those of you keeping track at home, uh, if you're playing the drinking game, you're I'm, pr- not- I'm pretty sure you, you've already said it. Uh, I'm not you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure. You're right. You got me. Haha, got him. All right, uh, let's see here. So at Wheatley Hayden asks, hypothetically, let's say Canada and Australia are playing for the gold medal. Who do you want to win? And you can't cop out and say, I don't care. You got to pick one. Canada. It gives Canada. us two world champions. That's exactly Oh, no, what hold on, Jack White. I'm sorry, oh, Jack White. Hold on. Jack White. I have not forgotten crazy. about Hold on. Hold on. I, I, have I don't know. No, no, here's the thing. Lou, SGA, Giddy are guaranteed to make the team. Jack White, not so much so. Yeah, so yeah. I will take a guaranteed two versus a maybe two. Yeah. yeah. I think it would also be big for the Shea agendas that mm-hmm. I need to I need to be pushing. So for them to say like he's said, better than Luca. It's it's two gold medalists versus one and a half gold medalists if Jack White makes the roster, I guess two. But yeah, probably would lead Canada. But like legitimately, if I'm watching that game, I'm just like, go Shea, go Dora, go Giddy, go Jack. Just like see Thunder guys do well and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Like, even if it was just Shea and Giddy, I would be rooting for Canada and Shea just because, I mean, he is our superstar. Uh, he's the guy that we have paid a max contract to. And, you know, we have seen him being all NBA talent. Um, and also, if Josh Giddy leads Australia to a gold medal being the number one option, then we're going to have awkward conversations the next couple of years. And you know, it's not going to be our fault. It's not going to be their fault. It's just, you know, they're going to be like, oh, well, look what Josh Giddy did with his own team. You know, Shea's terrible. Shea's this, blah, blah, blah. Like in a couple of years, like Giddy needs to be the point guard. I'm not, I don't want to have those conversations. So I'm just going to pick Canada. Shea, Shea is going to win and, you know, just because like everybody expects him to and we, we move on from it. Yeah, that's a pro- that's a probable conversation to be had many years from now, not right now. Yeah, yeah. And also, there are way more people on Twitter pushing these, oh, Shea is overrated conversations than giddy ones. So it'll mm-hmm. it'll silence more people in the moment too, which would be nice. Yeah, uh, also at OKC Skittles asked, Basically the same question with different words. Just shout out to you, Skip. Um, we just answered it. We're not going to answer it twice. I guess we could, but it'd be a waste of time. So uh, let's see here. At Ruben Ponce asks, hardest position to play in 2K, in your opinion? Alex, do you do much 2K? I do not. Sorry. Okay. Oh, old man here. Don't I mean, do you, much video games. You could just throw one out. Like, Who do you think would be the hardest to play? Who do I think would be the hardest to play as far as like Thunder? Like position. Like what was the hardest position to play? On 2K? Um uh probably a uh probably a point guard, probably a playmaking point guard. Huh? See, that's, gotta, that's my go-to. Push, you gotta push all the buttons to cross over to do this, to call a screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm I've never been very adept with um uh, with the controllers. So yeah. I don't know about you, man, but, like, I can't be a four. Like, if you're talking about, like, building your own player and, like, if you're a four, especially as you're, like, coming up, and like, it's hard to improve because you're not getting many shots. Yeah, being a four is hard. I'm I'm way more of a guard player than a Me big too. man. Like, I'll, I'll be a point guard. I'll be a, a shooter in the corner or, like, running off screens and stuff like that in 2K. But I, I'm just not great at the big man spot. That's not my game. 
it's not my game in real life. It's not my game in 2K. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, give me a, a shooter or like a crazy ball handler playmaking for others. I'll do one of those things. Yeah, I mean, even a center, like you can get post ups, you can you know get rebounds and blocks. Mm-hmm. Like the four, like you know you're under the basket, you're in the perimeter, like it's all over the place. Yeah, that, that's my opinion on that one. So uh, let's see here. Um, so Lance at Shea Gill just asks, is Giddy's foul drawing sustainable? Tony, you talked about this earlier, so I'm going to give it to Alex. Uh, Josh Giddy, the uh, the foul merchant from <laughs> from from down under. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, look, here's the thing about Giddy is that he he is a big point guard. And so he can drive inside and he's kind of herky jerky. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of like the smoother players, they avoid contact, not necessarily go into contact. Um, but Josh Giddy likes contact. He likes to up fake. He likes to get people in the air. He likes to. And so, you know, maybe this is the next evolution of his game is is developing ways to get to the foul line because we saw what it did to Shea's game last year. You know, that may be a, that may be a, a, a learning thing that the Thunder have pushed uh, heading into this offseason for Josh Giddy is, hey, you can go from 16 points to 21 points easily just by getting five points on the free throw line every game. Um, and so, you know, if this is the next evolution of his game, great. Love it. I think wow. one thing that's a good sign is um, the refs in FIBA see, are definitely – they don't give you as much as mm-hmm. the NBA refs give you. There was one play today in the Team Canada game where Shea pump faked, got a defender to literally jump on top of him and made the shot on this like the – like just throwing it up there because he got hit, and they called nothing. Like he got mauled, and they didn't do anything. There are multiple times where bodies are strewn about the floor and there's no foul call of any kind like – they were calling fouls today, but they were letting a lot of stuff go too. So if you're finding ways to draw contact and force foul calls in FIBA, where it feels like things are really physical, I think you can do the same in the NBA. I don't know if he's going to do it consistently over like an 82-game season, but it's promising that he's doing it now. And I think that it, some of it at least a little bit could translate. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's go to the next one. So at Harambe OKC. Asked, who is the coolest dunker in franchise history? And I just got to add the caveat. We're not including Russell Westbrook in this because he's the runaway answer. So uh, as Alex uh, reacts off of, on the camera there. So um, we'll, we'll start with Cone there. Cone, who is your coolest dunk guy in franchise history? I got to go dunk champion Hamadou Diallo. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, by the way, his dunk contest performance is still so underrated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I remember people 100%. trying to talk about how, like, oh, that dunk contest was kind of iffy. It was kind of lame. He was so good in that dunk contest. He was amazing. And I just – I think he deserves more credit for that. Obviously, winning a dunk contest gets you a lot of points. But even in-game dunks, like, Hami's athleticism is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just slamming on guys, which, of course, got him the spot in the contest in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Hami was going to be my pick. I'll pick somebody else since you – since you stole Hami from me, but yeah, yeah, people don't respect Hami's dunk contest enough. Like it was one of the best dunk contests in the deck in the past decade. Um, the the honey dip jumping over Shaq with the mm-hmm. Superman shirt uh, mm-hmm. underneath was uh, astounding. I know a lot of people give him crap about the last dunk being too basic, but his opponent, which I already forgot who it was, didn't even make a dunk, so he yeah he had it in the bag. Yeah, so <laughs> be mad at him, not Hami. Uh, there you Al- go. Alex, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Durant, man. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like some of those, you know, some of those dunk the one against Roy Hibbert. You know, those live in in Thunder lore. Like you know, some of those some of those hammers that he he brought down were uh, pretty memorable. Uh, the one he did against uh, uh, what was his name, Brendan Haywood. Brendan Hay- oh my gosh, I against ran Dallas. around my house. Dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's had a couple, man. He's had a couple that were pretty memorable. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go Durant. All right, yep, I respect it. I like it. Um. I mean, you, you guys, you guys took both of the guys I was thinking. I know who Harambe's is. Harambe loves Deontay Burton just because of his cool dunk package. So That's fair. Shout out Harambe there. Terrence Ferguson had a couple cool dunks, but it didn't do it enough for my liking. Uh, I'm gonna go with Paul George. Paul George yeah. had some really there sick dunks. Uh, still had some really sick dunks. That that 360 off two against us uh, this past year was just ridiculous in the half. Un- unnecessary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, why do you still have that in your bag? Um, yeah, he he had a really awesome dunk package. Uh, one of them uh, probably prompted the Dame Lillard game winner he hit in our face, but we won't talk about that. He had some really yeah. good dunks. I think that he. Did he didn't he dunk on Giannis whenever we played the Bucks in his like top three MVP season? I think so. Yeah, I was like, because I was so hyped for that game because we beat the Bucks. Paul George put up like 40 points. Uh Jamie Grant shut down Giannis. I was like, this way the needle in the MVP discussion. Paul George is over Giannis now. Tell him, Dylan. Tell yeah. them years ago. Hey. I, I, you could ask Alex. I wrote an article for his site before the season saying that Paul George was going to be the MVP. Great article, by the way. Yeah. yeah. We should go back and look at it. And Unfortunately, it, it's, it's it was, still available. It it's still available. Yes, now I that's thunderbasketball.com. Still available. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong, Come, but a lot of people were like, Paul George isn't even the best player on his team. Those are going to win the MVP. They didn't know. All right, I'm let's see here. I did. I did. They didn't listen. Uh, so at Dustin underscore Huber asks, favorite little Debbie snacks? Mm. I need to look up a list. Well, while you're doing that, uh, off rip Christmas tree cakes at Christmas time. Those are kind of gas. Crack cocaine. I'm, I'm back. Those are really good. You're, you're back? Did oh, you I go? left for a little bit. For some reason, everybody went black on my screen. I thought. Oh, we have we no you you've been here the whole time and you said you're back i was like <laughs> okay. where did you go <laughs> little debbie cakes alex we mentioned little debbie cakes and alex's computer malfunction it did yeah he went into some um, kind of coma it was shit you know fat guy over here um i didn't say that come on now. <laughs> it's okay man like um so i love the uh the double decker big oatmeal cookies Mm. Those are good for me. I love those. And then donuts, donut sticks. God, man, I'm looking at these. There's so m- You Debbie's. had to look them up? I There's too many to choose from. I'm trying to like, like re... I'm trying to look at it again and make a decision. The Christmas wow, that's skinny, really a skinny good. guy problems right there. I also like the honey buns. The honey buns are really good. I think I'm going to go with the chocolate cupcakes that they have with like the cream filling. When I was younger, like those were everything. I like... Every time my mom is going to the store, I'm like, mom, listen, I need you to grab the chocolate cupcakes, please. And that's probably why I gained a ton of weight before like halfway through high school when I managed to lose it, thankfully. But I was, it was those uh, cosmic brownies I ate a ton of when I was younger. Those were so good. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with chocolate cupcakes. 
Yeah, Chelsea really likes the uh, the Cosmic Brownies and the Star Crunch. Um, mm. Ooh, forgot about those. Those were yeah. epic back in the day. Yeah, but a hey, pro tip on the honey buns, if you don't know, uh, heat them up in the microwave for like mm-hmm. 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Get some of that melty, melty frosting going on there. Ooh. Yeah, Amazing. All right, let's see here. So, speaking uh, my language, brother. Speaking my language. <laughs> At OKC Suck, uh, which is Amar, says, what is Dort? Come, what is Dort? Uh, Dort Basante Dort. Mm. If only I was wearing the shirt. Yeah. Future Depoy, future Depoy. Future Depoy. Yeah, I mean he's he he's really against Dort, man. That's that's all I gotta say. He's great at defense. And... Oh wait, I got I got I got a, I got a good answer. Hold on, let me. Uh, let me uh, 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 Luke Wynn Stort, born April nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> is a Canadian professional basketball player for the. Uh, I'll I'll just send you the article. You can read the rest of it. Wikipedia, <laughs> not a reliable source. Oh, they got him in his Team Canada jersey on this on Wikipedia now. Wow, they're haters. Ooh. Yeah, they hate us. Has he un Has he unfollowed uh, the the Oklahoma City Thunder on his page? That'd be rough. That would be. They've got Shea and his team, Canada, one too. Damn. Oh, they're just being topical. Uh, uh, yeah, they're just Th- putting Thunder the most recent pictures. Yeah. Well, well hey, check you, check, you, yeah, check Davos. Yeah, check Bertans Edwards and all of them. Make sure they're USA. No, too, check because... Bertans. If he's in his Latvia jersey, it's over. They got him in a Wizards warm up. Ew, they're not updating the davis bertans page has not been updated in too long <laughs> oh, we should no. we should that should be that should be our 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 uh that's what that should be what we do that should be our uh our mission for for until the season starts is to go ahead and update davis's page every day with something <laughs> with something <laughs> i was about to say what are we gonna do like <laughs> He's a member of the Oklahoma City. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you can sure. you can put you know eight waffles for breakfast this morning. <laughs> you can put like 2023 FIBA championship. You know, Davis Bertan scored ten points against uh, who did they play? Poland, Lebanon, Lebanon. Them too. Yeah, <laughs> but his, but, but was out, but was outscored by his big brother. Is it big brother? I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's uh, okay. he's a shorter he's a shorter brother, but he, yeah. I think he's older in age. Hmm, that's tough. For uh, random other things I'm noticing from these Wikipedia pages. Uh, well, first, if you just Google Davis Bertans, the picture that comes up, it's NBA.com. It says like his name in Oklahoma City Thunder. Jack White's picture comes up. Love which it. Do- which does not make sense to me. <laughs> I love it when um, Google does that. And then Anthony Edwards is in his Timberwolves uniform. He's not uh, in his USA one. But mm. Jalen Brunson is in his Villanova uniform. Oh, wow. Which is super strange. So Wikipedia is all over the place. Mm. We got to get on the phone to Wikipedia. Unreliable. That's what my teachers told me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can't use it as a source. No. Will not count. This is why. (laughs) It's it's like somebody replies to Wikipedia on Twitter. Who's your source? And somebody puts the meme of I made it up. And that's Dr. (laughs) Manhattan in the tank. Uh, All right. Let's see. At Chanel Condom. Interesting. Says is I never said that out loud. Yeah. Um, says is Shay the cutest player in the NBA? Yeah, Sha. <laughs> Not gonna answer that shit. <laughs> especially, especially not with somebody who has condom in their name. Like, uh, no. 
yeah, this, <laughs> like, this this is uh this like this would be this would be one of those things where you go on that note. <laughs> Thunder up. We got more questions to get to. I'm just going online here, man. <laughs> this right. reminds me of a of a story real quick. So when I the first time I went to OKC, um, it was the game where I went in and the Thunder gave me like I think it was the courtside tickets. So I went through like the VIP entrance thing that they had pregame, and one of the security guards recognized me he's like hey are you the guy who does like the thunder videos and i was like yeah and he was like oh like that's cool and we talked for a little bit and he was asking about the team or he was mentioning stuff about the team i was like yeah it's super exciting you know we got shay giddy and stuff he's like he's like yeah that giddy kid he's the most eligible bachelor in oklahoma city huh <laughs> i was like i guess so <laughs> i was like i guess he is so shout out is the most eligible bachelor in vegas too remember he had that interview He's like, are you enjoying your time in Las Vegas? He said, yes, I absolutely am. <laughs> All right, Josh. Yeah. He's, he's just recording TikToks. I don't know what you expect from him. He's a killer, man. Uh, all right, let's see here. At Zbot9 says, do you think that love – oh, do you think that love – so not not do you think that uh, – you, you get it. Do you think that love – these players it sounds so weird when i say it okay i'm gonna change the word <laughs> do you think that the love there we go that's better do you think that the love these players have for each other will continue when contract negotiations come up yes yes yeah. like here's my here's my thing so in the previous cbas of course you couldn't sign you know more than two of your players to max contracts in this one if you know Presti in the in the front office and the owners are, are willing to pay and have been, you know, have been saving up like they have been doing over the past couple of years, if these guys turn out to be what we think the trajectory is that they can be, we can sign all of them to max contracts. It's going to be expensive as hell. It's going to limit our ability to do you know to do whatever we want to do on the back half of the roster. But that's what the draft picks are for. That's what the picks are for. Um, and so I don't think there's going to be that competition that maybe the Durant, Westbrook, Harden, Abaca team kind of had in, in trying to secure the bag from from the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this team will have that. So if these players are, you know, progressing and doing what they need to do and they get a max contract, I don't think it'll be a problem. Yeah, I don't know. To me, I think they're just all going to be like, I want my guys to get paid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see there being much drama or stuff like that. That's how it tends to be in like really any locker room, uh, going to NFL or even like MLB. Everybody's not any, like, not any hardened locker room. Uh, yeah, well, everybody's always like, yeah, you know, one well, I got to get paid, we're rooting for him to get his bag, get his money, um, and then you know if he's if it's here on this team, like yeah, we're we're excited to you know be a part of you know a team with him. But if it doesn't work out. And he can get his bag elsewhere. Like, yeah, we wish him the best. Like, it's all love. And, like, even James Harden, you know, there was love lost for many years with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Guess what? Those relationships were rekindled, or we rekindled, not rekindled, whatever the freak that means, uh, in Houston with Russell Westbrook and Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. So, there you go. Uh, and Z-Bot. Devin, Devin's drunk. Yeah. Forgive Devin. No. <laughs> Uh, Dylan has been replaced with his drunk brother Devin. There you go. Uh, Zebra actually, also, God bless, also said, if you answer this question, can you tag me so I can listen to the podcast? I love you guys, but I don't get to listen to the podcast that often. But I'm interested to see the answer from people who might have a little bit more inside information. 
Uh, well, first of all, Zebo, I'll just say, you know, listen to the pod, man. We've got a lot of fun content. Um, it's it, it's a blast on here. So don't know what you're doing not listening. Uh, it's very enjoyable. And also, uh, we, we don't have inside information. But I feel like we're pretty informed on this. Speak for yourself. I've got sources. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've read the script for the upcoming season. Cone's been on Wikipedia. I, I just went on Wikipedia. I have plenty of sources. <laughs> I'm all over that website. You should do a 2023-2024 you should do a NBA season Wikipedia page right now. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get working on that. Y'all finish <laughs> up the podcast. I'll be right back. Write the script, man. Um, all right, Al- at Alex underscore Bowlerjack, I say for the end because he asked us a litany of questions covering many things. So I'm going to try to hit these as fast and all of them, honestly. So uh, the first one says, give me your favorite OKC lineups for, and he gives different skill positions. And we kind of did this like a month, month and a half ago, but he did give one that we didn't do. So ultimate positionless squad your five-man ultimate positionless squad alex we'll start with you why are you gonna start with me i wasn't in that i wasn't in that exercise last time it's okay you can do it all right ultimate positionless um let's go i mean this team is already let's go shay giddy dub chet and Representing Devin and Dylan, Usman Jang. Yeah. He, you guys couldn't see that, but he was super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I looked more excited than I sounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, about you? I'll, I'll go with something different. I'll give myself a challenge to not use any of the players Alex just did. Ooh. So let's let's think. At the point guard spot, I'm not going to use a single player that you took. So at the point guard spot, I'm going to go with – I got to do position list. I'm going to go Michich at the point guard spot. Mm-hmm. At the two, I'll go with Kenrich Williams. At the three, I'll go – this is getting really hard. <laughs> at the three, I'll go Poku. At the four, I'll go – I mean, we cut players. I could I could have used I could have used Usman Garuba here. Yeah. Bring, him, bring him back. Um, at the four, let's go with. You know, at, at the three, let's do Lou. At the four, let's do Poku. And at the five, I'll do. Um, I guess I guess I'll go with J. Will. That's the best I could do with not a single player you, know, you use. What's you funny? Is, what's What's funny is that we've we've gone pretty positional instead of positionless in our well, in our list. <laughs> well, just wait a second because I'm picking up what Cone put down there and I'm going to pick players that you guys didn't say. Oh, this is going to be TC right here. Here we go. We have Kaysen Wallace at the point guard spot. Okay. We have Aaron Wiggins at the two spot. Oh, no, no, no. I'm flipping that. I'm sorry. We have Trey Mann at the two spot. Mm. We're getting freaking weird. We have Aaron Wiggins at the three spot. We have Jack White at the four spot. And we have Jeremiah Robinson at the five spot. Damn. Davis Bertans can't even get onto any of these teams. All he does is shoot. It's not <laughs> a position, it's a skill. Yeah. His position is the, he plays the four. But he's That's literally six he foot plays. 11. He plays it's the four. Like, that is his position. Everybody has their position next to their name on the official roster. Uh, Bertans is just going to say an S designated shooter. shooter. Yeah. 
DS. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that would be, obviously mine was the worst because I was working with the least, but yeah, there you go. Fun exercise. What? Dylan's Isaiah, bad at this. Isaiah Joe wasn't picked. Oh my God. Yeah, that, that was, that was rough, but it's okay. Wow. Dylan leaving off a lot of guys, huh? Here we go. Here we go. So Alex Bowler, Jack also asked, what is your favorite street food? Tacos brother. Street tacos. I, I don't know if I can go against street tacos. Bro, I can't lie. Hot dogs from a good hot dog stand are hitting. Yeah. That's fair. I love tacos, yeah. though. Very fair. I just try to be different a little bit here. So uh, Let's see here. He also asked, Mount Rushmore of animated television shows. Any demographic? Ooh. SpongeBob. Mm. SpongeBob's on there for me. Avatar mm-hmm. The Last Airbender is one of my favorite shows of all time. That's yeah. on there too. That's great. Those two came to mind immediately. The other two are difficult. It's because it's a question of is this like my personal one? Yeah, or sure. is this for like, but like, do I take into account the legacy? You know, I need to think more. Well, I got, I got my four. Okay. Do it, man. So I got uh, Transformers. Okay. I mm-hmm. have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first edition. <laughs> um, Let's go Phineas and Ferb. Oh, gas. Incredible show. And then, you know what? Just for newness sake, let's go Invincible. Oh, phenomenal. Very nice. Can't wait for the second season. Absolutely. It's going to be great. All right. I'm going to, sticking with the the theme we had there, I'm going to try to say none of the shows that were said already. Uh, I'm going to go My Hero Academia. Uh, It's it's an anime that, like, it was like, I mean, obviously, like, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is also on there for me. Like, Dragon Ball Z was, like, my first anime, but, like, My Hero is an anime that I've introduced my family. My wife likes it, and my kids like it, and, like, we're, we're entrenched in it now. So, uh, that's up there for me. Um, I mean, y'all go laugh, but, like, I, I know Pokemon was the more popular one, and, like, my kids and my wife very much love Pokemon more. But man, Digimon was my stuff back in the day. I was locked in on Digimon, and I I, re- I rewatched uh, the entire like first and second season with my kids um, like last year, and I had a great time. It was just a phenomenal time. And then, I mean, my last one, uh, I'm gonna go Rocket Power. Rocket Power was Ooh, that's a throwback. Yeah, no, it, it was so fun, man. Like. I live vicariously through them because I did a little bit of skating, like, you know, with the, with the rollerblades and the skateboard and I had a scooter mm-hmm. and I could ride a bike, but you know, ne- never, never went off the ground with uh, any of those wheels. So, you know, I was just, I was just watching them having a good old time. All right. To, to round mine out, I think I'm going to add Pokemon on mine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and add that. That was like the main thing I watched as a kid. And then the fourth spot, there's so many things I want to put on here. Um, I'm also going to try and not say anything that y'all have said mm-hmm. to wrap up. Um, let's go with chance to think I'm, I'm going to replace one of mine. Okay. okay. You can go for that real quick. I'm still thinking. Yeah, I am doing, I'm taking out Dragon Ball Z. I love you Dragon Ball Z, but you know, I didn't watch any of the new stuff, so I don't feel it feels inauthentic to have you on there. Um, mm-hmm. young justice. If you guys haven't watched Young Justice, it's like it's not the Justice League. It's like the teenage members of the Justice League. Some of the best writing, character development, voice acting, animation you'll see 
in television. So if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor to you. Uh, my fourth spot's Bojack Horseman. I can't believe I almost didn't put that on there for a moment. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So I have a question about this. Did any of you guys, so I left for a couple, like a minute. There. Yes. We Did any of you guys say The Simpsons? I d- I've, just ne- I've just never watched The Simpsons. I've never. How the hell is that show like still that. on TV? I know a lot of people love it. I've just really? never. Wa- I like. I've never been like a Simpsons or like a Family Guy, like those adult like comedy animated shows. That's just never been something that I've watched. Because like my thing, my thing is so you know every show you usually have people that talk about it. You know mm-hmm. if a new episode comes out and it's it's you know it's 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 a good episode they talk about it. I've never heard anybody talk about the simpsons like at the at the water cooler or anything like oh, did you see you know did you see last night's episode of the simpsons i've never heard anybody say that like i don't know how that show <clears throat> survives and it's still going on like it's literally i just looked it up 785 episodes yeah the only reason it survives is because they keep predicting the future that's very true so it's probably it's probably a good thing that they keep on having new it's episodes. like it's like the the pre-news that you can watch you can be like oh <laughs> what's going to happen in like 10 years Yes, yes. Uh, I did almost leave out our guy, uh, Hunter Harjo, here. He says, football season is upon us. Give us some go-to game day snacks. Uh, love me some buffalo chicken dip. It is always mm. my favorite, like, game day snack. Uh, but what about you guys? Wings, man. Buffalo buffalo wings with yeah. the bone. Not the nuggets. Not the boneless. <laughs> with the bone. I'm going to make a controversial statement. I think boneless wings are just better. <laughs> I'm with I'm, you, I'm man. Make a controversial statement. I for a while I tried to hide that. I'm not hiding it anymore. I've just I become a boneless. It's such guy. a generational. They're thing. not as messy, man. Yeah, it's just you know, what, like uh, messy. I don't want to eat around a bone when I'm yeah. eating my wings. So I'll just eat the eat the wing. I don't so. want it to be a chore, man. I like the bone. Like... The bone gives it more flavor. It gives the chicken more flavor. I don't know. I don't bone know. in gives the chicken more flavor. I don't eat off a bone. I'll just eat. I'll just eat my. Ch- if you want to call them chicken nuggets, cool. I'll, I love chicken nuggets. I hate those. Cir- circular chicken yep. nuggets. Preach um, to acquire, man. I'll throw. I'll throw nachos out there. I'm a big yes. nachos guy. Mm-hmm. Nachos yeah. are great. I had nachos and cheese before we started the pod. So, damn, damn. There you go. That's why you've been on point too. today or drunk. One of the two. <laughs> It's gone back and forth. That was the evil twin. Don't don't worry about that. Okay. Late late night late night nachos though. Like you might feel that here at about two three o'clock in the morning. I probably will. It's all good. I'll stay up and watch FIBA. <laughs> there you go. Um, I did want to ask Cone this question because he wasn't on the last podcast, but I gotta find it. Okay, yeah. So Cone, we talked about this on the last pod. Um, your friends at Bleacher Report published an article talking about teams that could trade for Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you saw this already, but just you know, for the sake of the listener, the package was for OKC to trade for Embiid, Chet Holmgren, Victor Oladipo, Davis Bertans, Isaiah Joe, 24 first-round pick from OKC, 25 first-round pick for Philly, so they get their pick back, uh, 26 first-round pick from Clippers, 24 second from Rockets, 25 second from Philly, and 20 30 second from Rockets. Do you do that deal, Cone? No. First, I, I can't send Isaiah Joe back to Philly where he was just <laughs> banished to the bench for so long. They Doc might wave Rivers, him again. We can get him again. <laughs> Doc Rivers is gone, so maybe Isaiah Joe will be free. But I, I can't do that to Isaiah Joe. I couldn't do it to him. That's the number one reason. Number two, I I just don't want to trade Chet. I'm so high on Chet. I don't want to trade him. Mm. Like, you know, 
maybe eventually down the line it ends up happening. But I don't know. To me, I think Chet's going to be such an incredible player. If we're going to make a star trade, I would rather it be for a different position outside of a big because I think Chet is going to be that guy going forward. So when I'm taking a look at star positions we could make, I'm taking a look at like anywhere from a two to a four, like those mm-hmm. spots, like or or more more likely like a, like a three or a four because I think like you know you've got Shea Giddy, um, J Dub Chet, but we could like move those guys around depending on you know who gets dealt in a deal if one does end up happening. But I don't know. I just don't want to trade Chet. So, and I think I there are a lot of Thunder fans that are like, I'm going to lose it if we trade for Embiid. I don't think it's that. Like, if we get an MVP, that's not a problem. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's been the the playoff drop off and stuff, and the injury concerns, which is a big thing that scares me with Embiid mainly, is him getting hurt every single playoffs because he can be a monster in the regular season. But if he's getting hurt when the playoffs come around every year, then it's, you know, we face that problem so many times as a franchise where Russ got hurt or KD got injured or Ibaka gets hurt here. Like something always seemed to happen to us. That's terrifying of that happening again, this time to Joel Embiid. So I don't know. It just, it worries me a little bit for trading for him. Mm. And I've completely decided at this point that we're trading for Giannis. That's what I've decided. Mm. Giannis said some stuff interesting yesterday. I don't know if y'all saw yeah. that about, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not willing to do the, contract extension and unless the talks that he has with the teams are the team yeah. is fruitful or moving forward exactly and you know the, drew's getting up there in age chris is getting up there in age drew said he might retire soon like last like this past summer i think he said or i think it was in like april he did a podcast he's like i might retire at the end of this contract you know chris is getting older brooks getting older i don't know i've i've kind of like I've got my my eye set on Giannis as the the trade target, and if I can pick between him and Embiid, I'm 100 taking Giannis. It might cost us more, but I give give me like arguably the best player in the world. In it might cost us more, but we have the money and we have the assets yeah. and we have the. We've got 400 billion first round picks. We'll trade for two Giannis's if we need to. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Giannis say that he's trying to get that Mbappe money, and he talked about possibly playing in Saudi Arabia after his contract? That would be wild if Giannis left. I don't know why nobody has ever done that. Like, can you imagine if if Kobe would have been like, "Hey, I want to play a couple years in in Euroleague," or, or you know, that was before the advent of like the the Saudi and the UAE and the Qatar type money in their leagues. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine like a player like let's say LeBron just says, "Hey, you know, I'm hanging it up after next season." You know, I've played with Bronny, which good news for Bronny. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. That it was a you know it was something. Uh, anatomical that they can fix and he he should be fine. So that's good. Shout out to Bronny. Shout out to Bronny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't see why a player, especially a player that's already won a championship. Like I can understand a player that has not won a championship, but a player that's won a championship already, go go get paid, man. Go get your bag, man. Get yeah, your bag. I, get a you know get a one year hundred million dollar contract somewhere. I know Iverson played for Beskitas in the, the Turkish league at some point. Yeah, for like three games. And then uh, what? J.R. Smith played in China. Was is he like the most high-profile player to play? Like, you know, leave the NBA and go play. There, there's like Dwight, you know, being overseas right now. Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Boogie's gone and played overseas and stuff like that. But yeah, we've never seen a player that's like still like an all-star caliber guy just be like, I'm just gonna go get my bag and hoop. Yeah. What's his name? Cousins playing in Puerto Rico. Bro, let's go sign Cousins. BBM baby, Dylan. We don't need to sign any more players. We already have a problem. <laughs> BBM baby, make room for Boogie. We need to uh, stop this guy. He's gonna bring in Tyler Eulis next. Oh gosh, <laughs> he 
He's actually recovering from a car accident. Oh, Damn. Tyler. Oh, man. No, I mean, he, he's, he's like far along his recovery. It was oh, like okay, months gotcha. ago. But yeah, oh, okay. he's, he's, been, uh, he's been like a graduate assistant for UK. So he's been like rehabbing with the team while working with the team. So. Tyler Eulis out here catching strays from Cone while recovering from a car accident. Man, Man that was even a stray. I love Tyler Eulis. <laughs> that game where he hit he hit against the Celtics is like burned into my mind for some reason. Yeah. No, him and yeah, Book got him a job, man, because him and Booker were like super tight. Like they were package dealing the commitment. And uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess he got Phoenix to sign him too. But it was like, yeah, we we can't do this anymore. You don't play enough defense. <laughs> hard to when you're hey, yeah but he did his best dylan he did hey hey i got nothing but love for tower you which you're the one <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm just kidding all right guys that is all the time we have for the pod today uh thank you once again for all your questions uh, i i went through and made sure we answered all of them so i mean you guys take the time to leave those questions so i take the time to make sure that we get those Most answered stuff. in some Most way stuff. Uh, sort of fashion so um but yeah FIBA play will continue on Sunday as I said uh, team Canada plays Lebanon and team Australia plays anybody know if top of not Lebanon I'm sorry Latvia I don't, don't remember know. who Australia plays they play hang on I got it here uh they play Germany uh, that'd be a tough game yeah so good so good under legend Dennis Schroeder Dennis Schroeder, FIBA Dennis Schroeder is a problem. He is a very much a problem yeah. until he fouls out. So, uh, that, right, rightful 2026 man of the year, Dennis Schroeder. I, I lied. I lied. Canada plays Lebanon on Sunday. Latvia plays France on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Canada and Latvia will actually face off on Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. And Australia plays Japan on Tuesday at 7.10 a.m. So, you won't have to wake up at the butt or not before the butt crack of dawn uh, to watch Australia on Tuesday, but you will on Sunday. But yeah, very excited to watch our guys play. The season's right around the corner. Uh, next week, we will be doing a Dolan pod, and we're going to try to have as many members of the unit as we can as we're going to do season predictions, award nice. predictions, record predictions, seeding. Bold predictions. It's going to be Damn. it's going to be a fun podcast. So uh, definitely want to tune in for that. Uh, Zebo. Subscribe to the pod and listen. And also, new listeners, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. If you haven't left a rating, we would love a five-star rating with positive review. Helps us out a lot. Makes us fall warm and fuzzy inside. So, uh, yeah. With that being said, I hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Whoa. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.